0: All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us, episode seven hundred thirty-four. I doubt it. I am your host, Jesse Dallamore, joined today by the irascible, scholarly, lovely, talented. I got out of order, and now I don't know what to say. Brittany Page, everybody.
1: Well, happy belated National Day of Prayer to you, Jesse. Thank you. You're welcome. Unfortunately, the National Day of Prayer did not save my succulents. My first succulents that I ever purchased have died.
0: If a plant could talk, (laughs) I imagine... Do not
1: talk about what they would say. uh,
0: They would be crying out for mercy because their torturer... (laughs) I mean the succulents ultimately were a a, a a character in the movie room.
1: <laughs> I didn't intend for this to happen. It was
0: torture, and they are now... Well, I guess they escaped. Your succulents did not.
1: Well, they... We'll see if we can bring them back,
0: but there are some... We'll see if we can bring them back?
1: Yeah, this is going to have to be a team effort at this point, <laughs> because they are pretty scorched is I think the word I I was reading about plants you know after they died I started reading (laughs) about how to take care of them (laughs) and they apparently apparently, newly planted Mm. succulents cannot be in direct sunlight for long periods of time, so you have to gradually expose them to the sun. Would have been useful to read that prior to their death, but here we are. So some of their limbs have popped off, and...
0: It is a scorched... I mean, imagine like a vampire movie when the vampire gets exposed to sunlight. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's it. Didn't burst into ashes, but it's not far off. It's
1: not a good situation. So I'm I'm gonna make every effort to try to bring them back, protect them from the sunlight. At this point, at least my issue wasn't overwatering them, which I was tempted to do, and I did read about that. <laughs> didn't read about the sunlight, but I did read about the the watering situation. So any tips for bringing my succulents back to life, I would very much appreciate any feedback from those of you who know.
0: And you know where you can leave that feedback. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone or a regular old-fashioned email to idoubtit at And Brittany Page, speaking of the phone number, hmm. let's get to a... Singular piece of listener communication by way of voicemail. Oh, actually, voice memo. Mm.
2: What's up, Brittany and Jesse? It's Sunday, and I'm listening to your most recent episode, and there were two things that stood out to me. Um, obviously, the police uh, shooting in Ohio of the young girl with the knife. Um, I agree 100% with Brittany. I mean, we see it all over the world outside of the United States. Police officers armed with only a baton and maybe a riot shield are able to, uh, attain a man with a, a rifle, uh, someone with a butcher's knife. I mean, there's a, uh, video I saw once, uh, and it was a, an Asian man. It was in China, I think. And he had one of those giant kitchen cleavers and he was swinging it at the police officers. And there was like three or four cops and they basically used their shields. They, they, uh, cornered him in up uh, in between all of the men, and then they were able to bring him down and take his cleaver uh, away from him and, and arrest him. I mean, it happens all the time. Uh, so why couldn't this police officer do something? Uh, whether it was grabbing the girl from behind, getting control of her arm with the knife, um, uh, you know, hitting the arm with a baton. Like Jesse said, she may not get out of it unscathed, but she could still have her life. Uh, I think Jesse said that. Um, but uh, I did not. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous that a uh, police officer's only two options are to kill someone or to let them go. It's like that. There's other options in between.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, that was the first thing. The other uh, thing happened earlier, and you all were discussing moderate or conservative Democrats and why they. Yeah are not like fighting against Republicans, why they, why they act like they have to include Republicans in every decision. And I, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, maybe not like obvious with, it may, it, this may not go for everyone in the democratic party, but definitely in leadership, they all have the same uh, uh donate donators. They, they all get money from the same people And at the end of the day, every politician's main goal is to continue getting that money. So Democrats can play the card like they want to make changes. But at the end of the day, the last thing they really want is for those changes to happen if it's going to piss off the people that give them money because then they lose their funding and they're unable to stay in power. So, I mean, I'm sure there's there could be more to it than that. But I think at the end of the day, that is probably the biggest reason why the Democratic Party will not pass anything unless it's bipartisan. And the Republican Party doesn't give a shit whether it's bipartisan or not. They're just going to get what they want done. So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you guys have a good day. Uh Brittany, you are the best part. Last time I called, you said I sounded like I was going to throw up in my mouth trying to say that. The problem is I'm always driving when I call in before. So this time I'm not driving. Brittany is the best part. Jesse, you're still the man. We'll talk to you guys later. Love
3: the show. Brittany the best part. Bye. So
1: he didn't sound like he was going to throw up in his mouth that time, so that's well, good.
0: Ben went from driving and calling to like putting away his groceries or walking <laughs> all over his house while he's while he's uh, calling. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, you kind of lost me in the last thing there, Ben. Um, it it, it kind of fell apart. I, you, if they all have the same donors, then why wouldn't the Republicans be fighting for the same things that the Democrat? I don't. I don't get that. Yeah, for sure money has, plays an a, a, you know, an outsized role in politics. But uh, I, anyway, l- I want to address the first thing anyway. Uh, I agree uh, about... Uh, and then that's it. All right, next. <laughs> uh, there is... There, it's too quick to kill a citizen. If we, we want cops to be well-trained representatives of the government... These are government employees with the ultimate authority over other citizens. They are armed agents of the state. The inner libertarian in me, something I used to say all the time, I still believe that. But we should hold them to a higher standard. How many times have you seen on video instances of a white guy with a gun, with an actual gun, who gets not murdered? A white guy with an actual knife waving it at the cops who gets taken into custody, oftentimes completely peacefully without a fight. Mm -hmm. And we have a child with a knife, a legitimate kid, a child, and she is gunned down within seconds, no processing time. So, yes, she did have a knife. It appeared from the video that she was attacking someone else. But if this highly trained individual, adult, armed agent of the state, if he couldn't take care enough to not kill the child as the first way out, that's not the kind of police I want in my community. Killing should be the absolute last resort. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm screaming at the choir now.
1: But. Well, the same people who are talking about how the the kid should have been killed by the cop are the same people who think it's child abuse to put a piece of cloth on right. their child's face. So, right. I'm fundamentally I not mean, understanding what, what... What are you supposed to do? I don't, how are we supposed to have <laughs> a logical conversation about this? Well,
0: Tucker Carlson last, last week, I think it was, said that putting a, a mask on a child is like a teacher punching your kid in the face.
1: <laughs> so, one Yeah, very similar. It,
0: all it illustrates is, is that that soft-handed little little fancy boy has never actually been punched in the face.
1: Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me, especially since they're the the trophy uh the the Particip- per- participation trophy, yeah, right? They're yeah. the participation they're the participation trophy people that say that kids are being taught to be weak and you're, you're making
0: it more of a tongue twister the participation trophy people i mean yeah. <laughs> did I they know. sell seash- sells by the seashore too
1: <laughs> yeah anyway we all get it okay it's just it's uh it's kind of embarrassing to watch them make the argument and then also...
0: Well, at least somebody's embarrassed by it because they're not embarrassed by it.
1: Well, that's what I mean. And then convince so many people that this is the legitimate argument when you're talking about participation trophies making kids weak and then you're like, they can't even have a, a cloth mask on their face because that's abuse. I And he was saying, call CPS. CPS is... Not going to care about that. It's hard enough to get CPS to take a real right. report. Like, it's, you know... Right.
0: When when bad shit's actually happening, real abuse is happening.
1: There's a lot of hoops and in specific information that CPS requires when you're making a report. And sometimes they just take things as information. And I mean, take this from people that are mandated reporters. There are times when you will make a call hoping that something gets taken and it won't be taken because there's not enough... Of an illustrated problem for them. Right. Um, so if you tr- try to make a phone call and say someone's wearing a mask, they'll be like, oh, good. That's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because there's a pandemic. Right. So that's cool. Looks like they're doing what they need to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So good times.
0: Not frustrating at all.
1: No. Not it, in at fact, all. it
0: brings me peace and calm.
1: <laughs> well, and Tucker's getting more unhinged with every day that passes. So
0: he certainly. Certainly is all right, uh, we have a couple pieces of, of follow up before we get move on with the show. Uh, one is something we've been talking about for months and months, and that is the eviction moratorium and there is bad news on that front in the way that a federal judge has ruled um, that ex- that the, the the ruling by the CDC exceeds their authority
1: well there's bad news and there's good news, so let's play the bad news first, and then we'll t- talk about the good news after that
0: pandemic-related ban on evictions has been overturned. A federal judge ruled the CDC's national moratorium exceeds the agency's authority. The decision is certainly a victory for landlords, who say they can't afford to continue housing people for free. The ruling could potentially affect millions of struggling Americans. A recent survey showed that about 18% of renters are not able to keep up with their payments. That's about 10 million Americans. A spokesperson for the Department of Justice says it plans to appeal and that it will seek a stay of the decision that would keep the ban in effect throughout the court battle. And I should note, this doesn't affect people in the 17 states that have their own eviction moratoriums. Those stand under state rules.
1: So actually, uh, it would be nice if I listened to the clip because I would have known that the good news was also in the clip. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Leave it to Shep Smith to give full a full spectrum well, and let's, of what's going on.
1: Let's talk about that for a second because sometimes I think people think that because you control the things that you plan the whole show, planning the show is a collaborative effort and sometimes there's sometimes there's clips. For example, there's a clip that I listened to and selected and gave you the timestamps for that you haven't heard on the show and then I didn't listen to the Shep clip. So you see, it's a collaborative effort where... <laughs> It's well, like only th- half informed on Listen, each side. <laughs> we are,
0: we are, I think, grown up enough professionals. Yes, and versed enough in the, the topicality, if you will, mm. that we can we can react on the fly, Brittany Page.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: As evidenced by this this back and forth that is meaningless, <laughs> uh, that gives you enough time to do whatever you're doing over there to talk about this particular topic.
1: Well, <laughs> how the sausage is no, made. I'm everybody, fu- I'm fully prepared. Oh, I just okay. wanted to clarify, but I so. This this judge, this federal judge was appointed by uh former president Donald Trump in 2017.
0: That wow, shocking. Shocking turn of events, everyone.
1: Yeah, and Ugh. uh the position there was that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention didn't have the authority to stop landlords from evicting their tenants. So yeah. Within hours, like Shep Smith said, the Department of Justice said it would appeal, sought a stay of the decision, meaning the ban would remain in effect throughout the court battle, and that's exactly what's happening, so... The moratorium is still in effect. And I think that's the important thing for people to know. This has been a mess with the eviction moratorium. Also,
0: it's been executed very poorly by the CDC, by President Biden.
1: Because of these incremental extensions every few months. And at the last minute. I mean, you're talking the last two, three, sometimes the last day of the month where people are packing up their things, thinking they're going to need to leave. And then it gets extended and they're able to fight to stay a few more months. So, again, when this news comes out and the millions of people that are facing eviction hear that a judge has shot down the eviction ban, they're thinking, oh, my God, am I going to have to pack up my stuff again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't imagine being in this position where it's just constant back and forth, constant back and forth. Am I going to be able to stay in my home?
0: Let's also let's also I mean, we're looking at it from a from a human interest perspective, the actual people on the ground. But let's let's float above a 30,000 kind of a macro view of this from from an economic standpoint. It's going to be a fucking disaster if we have 10 to 20 million people homeless. Why is it that the Republican Party is so hell bent on creating misery? creating poverty, a a torturous existence for people who already don't, they're not living on easy street. Mm -hmm. It's just, it baffles me it it blows my fucking mind.
1: Well, and one in five renters living with children are not caught up caught up on rent.
0: that's the other thing there's a there's a a, a child component of this right, yeah,
1: and it it remains to be seen if the pr- protection is going to remain in effect for as long as the current ban is in place, which is supposed to be through the end of June um, and it, it will depend on how long the the current court battle. Unfolds, But Biden does have the option to extend the ban again. Right. So
0: that's... He, he could do it right now. That's also an option. He could do it tomorrow. He yeah. could walk into the Oval Office. He could do it from the fucking residence.
1: And what's... I mean... As I'm following the eviction story closely, one of the most maddening things has been that landlords continue to file for evictions knowing that there's a ban in place because they're hoping that they will still win in court for other reasons. Like they'll they'll reference that the lease has expired and that's why they want to evict when really it's the non-payment because of the pandemic. Yeah. So they're trying to find loopholes to get around the eviction ban to get people out of their homes when. there's 45 billion in rental assistance right now that's available thanks to the stimulus that was passed. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, but but it doesn't give them 100%, maybe 80%. And look, I am not unsympathetic to landlords. I'm not at all. But who, who, what horse are you going to back? Are you going to punch down or are you going to punch up? Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm I'm always going to choose to punch up and I'm, I'm not going to, uh, completely dismiss um, rent, uh, rent, um, landlords out of hand, but that's not who who is going to garner the, the the bulk of my support
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway. Well, and if you are facing eviction, the important thing that you should try to do is get a lawyer. And there's different legal aid resources that can assist with that. Lawhelp.org or JustShelter.org, and you can look for community resources for people that are at risk of eviction there.
0: Absolutely. So the uh, the the other piece of uh, follow-up, this is from years ago we talked about this. This is Josh Duggar, Mr. Uh, 85 Kids and Counting or whatever that show.
1: 19 Kids and Counting. Was it
0: 19? Really? Was I was making a joke about 40. I mean, obviously 45 is...
1: Substantially a, more than 19. It's an absurd number
0: of kids, but yes. 19 is an absurd number of kids.
1: 19 Kids and Counting.
0: And they are not Mormon. Uh, no. You might think they are. They are not. I grew up with a family that had like 13 kids. Mm-hmm. Legit thirteen.
1: Was that a Mormon family? The p-
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. In I don't guess I'm dropping names now, but anyway, a lot of kids.
1: Did you drop a name? The last name. You did? Yeah. I didn't hear it.
0: Uh, I will write the time down and I will bleep it.
1: Cause... I didn't even hear it. Oh, okay. Apparently, I'm <laughs> p- filtering said, out anything that could be. I said the p- a problem. The p- Oh, I thought you said the parents.
0: No, the last name was. P- oh. Now I'm just saying it over and over. Okay. <laughs> Anyway.
1: Well, now everyone's going to know it sounds like
0: I said I'm going to delete it.
1: Oh, And that too. Okay.
0: And now we're just saying the name over and (laughs) over and over again. Okay. Creating more work for Jesse D. All
1: right. So Josh Duggar. They are not
0: Mormons. They are an evangelical cult called the Quiverful, where they believe it is their, like, the, the singular imperative of their faith to... repopulate the earth or overpopulate the earth in this case.
1: And so there was controversy at the time when the reality show was on TLC because it came out that Josh Duggar had molested, I think it was five young girls, two of which I believe ended up being his sisters. They came forward and said that they were molested by him as well. Yeah. And so the show got canceled. And then maybe a year or two later, it came out that he was involved in the Ashley Madison hack. You remember the Ashley oh, Madison yeah, hack? Oh, yeah,
0: that's right. I forgot about that.
1: Ashley Madison was that was that website? Is that website? I don't know if it's still I up. It, um, I would imagine it's difficult that they were able to carry the torch forward after they got hacked and everyone's deets were put on the street.
0: How many pastors got outed putting their, like, at life... Fellowship.com or whatever email address.
1: I don't remember. Were there a lot?
0: There were a lot of pastors who got, who got, like, had to like quit their jobs and shit. Well, so
1: we still haven't said what it is for people who don't know, but it's a website where you can go and have an affair. Like, it's for people who want to have affairs. That, and the people what, on the soul. website, right. they know that that's why you're there. And it's like, you guys are like having an affairs and you're cool with that. So that's what that was for. And he was in the hack. So his information got released. He issued an apology, said he was going to a Christian rehab place where he was going to work on his uh, sex addiction. He said he's addicted to pornography, he cheated on his wife, all this stuff came out. So that's where the last controversy was. And I feel like we're talking too much about this person already. But the reason that this is important is because he was arrested for possession of child pornography and he was actually released on bail. And we want to talk about the failures of the justice system in this specific situation.
4: A Homeland Security agent has detailed disturbing allegations in the federal investigation into Josh Duggar. During a virtual detention hearing, Homeland Security investigation special agent Gerald Faulkner alleged that Duggar downloaded computer files depicting child sex abuse on three separate days in May of 2019. Prosecutors alleged that Duggar had more than 200 images of children on his devices, including an HP computer and a MacBook that included a backup of an iPhone 8. According to Faulkner, one file depicted child sex abuse involving children ranging from 18 months to 12 years of age. The agent described the images as in the top five of the worst of the worst that he has ever examined. Faulkner also alleges that when officials raided Duggar's car dealership in 2019 and asked to speak with him without informing him their investigation involved child pornography, the former 19 Kids and Counting star spontaneously responded by saying, What is this about? Has someone been downloading child pornography? Faulkner also says that Duggar had a program on his computer called Covenant Eyes, which the agent called accountability software that monitors and reports internet usage to a partner. It is meant to help people with porn addictions. According to Faulkner, the program was registered to Duggar and would send reports to his wife, Anna. Faulkner further explains through that the program was unable to detect Duggar's internet usage on the password-protected network that he used. On Thursday, Duggar is set to be released from prison as he faces charge for receiving and possessing child pornography. On Wednesday, a judge ruled that he will be released to designated third-party custodians, a married couple who the court describes as close friends of the Duggar family.
0: So I don't know what is the the, the impetus for, the, for the, the music choice there.
5: The music choice... <laughs> the, the music choice
1: and her... Voice. The way that she's reading it, it's like she's reading some update about the Kardashians. Like something that's like...
0: I don't know where I got that clip. It might have been somewhere stupid, like People Magazine or something. I
1: think that's probably where it came from.
0: But let's... Listen. One, let's just... You already mentioned it, but let's again. They let this guy out on bail. Yes. They let this guy out on bail to have, albeit supervised, visitation with his children, some of whom are within the age range of, of the children that were depicted in the child porn that he, he, he possessed.
1: And the judge acknowledged that.
0: Yeah, Arkansas. Good job, Arkansas.
1: Acknowledge that. The judge said, I'm going to remind you how serious these charges are. And then she went on to note that the evidence against him is significant. And she said his past conduct, including molesting five young girls, including some of his sisters, was also a concern.
0: (laughs) It's a concern, is it?
1: And then she made the point, like you said, to list the ages of some of the children in the pornography and say that it was, quote, close to the ages of your children. And he has six children right now and one on the way. His wife is currently pregnant. Right. And his six children, all aged 11 and younger.
0: So l- let, me, l- let me talk a little bit about my experience on the grand jury, the federal grand jury that I served on. There, we had several child porn and child uh, abuse cases. hmm And so I had interaction with, the, the, probably um, an act, uh, a legitimate colleague of the guy who was in our co- our court, uh, the Homeland Security investigative guy. This is all they do. They, they, they don't also do terrorism. These, these people are uh, singularly dedicated. Their job is to, like, they didn't play child porn in the court for us. They had a guy come in and describe in graphic and gruesome detail what was in the videos and the images that were depicted. It is, I, I can't imagine a more horrific job.
1: You actually, well, you would come home a lot of times in tears, very, yeah. um, very shaken. I mean, obviously, I cried I, I, in court,
0: I, like every time we did it had to go through one of these cases, it was...
1: I don't even know how someone can do that job. I mean, I, I know you talked to one of them, like in the elevator or something, right? You approached them and thanked sa- them I for said, the work that they do?
0: Absolutely. I, said, I, I, I You're doing something I, I wouldn't have the ability to do. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the work you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember his response, but it was something like, somebody's got to do it. You know, it's it's very important. And they actually do catch people. We were indicting people. So, so what I'm saying here is, for for a guy who this is what he does every day mm-hmm. to say th- the images that Josh Duggar had were the top five of the worst of the worst that is saying something. These are images that are horrific, hardcore, uh, disgusting, damaging, abuse. Um, the kind of thing that that I mean it 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 shocks. The sensibilities of normal people. And he is trafficking in these in these likely videos is what we're talking about.
1: Here. And was released. And was released. And is out free. And not only that, but has visitation rights to his children. So his wife has to be there.
0: And let's talk about the family that he lives with now.
1: Yeah, so he can't go home. He's not able to go home and he can't stay with his parents. So his parents started calling around, asking for family friends if, the, if they'll accept him. And a pastor... Uh, agreed to have him stay there with his wife. So he's going to be electronically monitored. He's restricted to the residence at all times, except for work, church, doctor's appointments, meetings with his lawyer, and court appearances.
0: So really, he can go anywhere he wants to go. And again,
1: he can have, quote, unlimited visitation with his children as long as his wife is present.
0: His wife, who is choosing to stay with him, which means she's excuse-making his behavior.
1: Well... I mean, I don't know where her head's at right now, if she's going to agree to have the visitation. But she certainly knew that he had molested five young girls. Yeah. And stayed with him. And then the Ashley Madison thing happened, stayed with him. Well, I don't know if you know, but
0: Jesus can heal all.
1: Well, and part of this is the religious instruction that is given to women to obey, forgive, and support. And so... submit. Submit. That's probably a better phrase. That's the accurate phrase. That's, yeah, that's what it that's is. That's the phrase. <laughs> and uh, th- that's what this is, though. And I think that... Listen, I don't know why the judge let him out. I, it's... I just... I don't... I can't fathom being in this position, being a judge and saying, you can have unlimited visitation with your children, and I'm going to put the responsibility on your wife...
0: Who's already dropped the ball to
1: ensure that you aren't yeah. continuing problematic behavior? Like that's not her job; that's your job as a judge. That's the court's job. Yeah, yeah, is to have supervision,
0: protect the community at large, which is, and also the family he's living with. And we'll 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 end it here. The woman, the wife, ended up having to submit to her husband. Mm-hmm. She didn't want Josh there. Her husband made the decision. She's like, well... I'm the woman I need to keep my head covered and my mouth closed and I have to defer to whatever my husband says. Mm -hmm. So Josh Duggar now gets to live in her house and she can't give piano lessons to kids anymore because he's not allowed to be around kids.
1: Well, let's also talk about... Unless they're his own. Let's also talk about the Covenant Eyes, which is this, quote-unquote, accountability software. I had never heard of this (laughs) before. Yeah, right. It's, quote-unquote, accountability software that monitors and reports internet usage and then, like, sends it to someone that is going to help hold you accountable for your internet behaviors. Right. And so it's Covenant Eyes. So in this case, with Josh Duggar, it was used by his wife to monitor his porn usage and then it would send her reports... So that she could help keep him accountable. Evidently, the software became not, no longer effective because he installed some sort of password protected software. Like for a the, second network. Yeah, for the child porn stuff that he was doing. But I... What is going on? when yeah. When it gets to that point and like again all of this all of this is falling on her as far as accountability goes she needs to supervise the visits with children now and ensure that her children are not being hurt during the supervised visits that the court is saying he he should have um she's trying to keep him accountable with the daily reports that are getting sent to her about his porn usage um, right right
0: no accountability for him it's she he has, needs to be babysat she
1: has six kids already right. yeah What's, what's going on? Ugh. So we'll continue to follow this and we hope it's leading to important conversations. And actually it is. I'm seeing it a lot on Twitter with the religious researchers that I follow that it's leading to interesting conversations about the religious underpinnings of this and the teachings, the fundamentalist teachings yeah. that are putting people in situations where they don't have any power, they don't have any freedom, and they're, they're making choices that are actually harming children. And I think those are important
0: conversations. All right. Well, as always, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you.
1: We would like to give a shout out to Joe S.
0: Joe S.
1: For increasing the pledge. Yes. Very nice. And then we would like to get a shout out to our new Patreon supporters, EKC. EKC. Mikey O. M.
0: Mikey O. M.
1: Felice F.
0: Felice F.
1: And that concludes all of nice. the new Patreon supporters. And I have to wrap it like that because I didn't uh, read that in a way like it was the last one. And so <laughs> thank you very much for all of your support. We appreciate it.
0: Consummate professional.
1: Please remember that our Patreon call is going to be the last Saturday of the month. That is May 29th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. It is going to be the last Saturday of the month going forward, unless otherwise noted and so please keep that on your calendars as we love to see as many people there as possible
0: yes we also reconfigured the studio we did so you're sitting in a different position and yep. we're, we're trying to make it an an easier task to put up video versions of the show on youtube yep because that that's something people when we used to do live streams once a month for patreon it was something that was popular mm-hmm. it just it's There's so much effort involved, and I want to make it an easier turnkey operation. Yeah. Turnkey. For sure. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you for your support. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you. And if, if Given Monetarily isn't in the cards for you, you're not interested in that. There are ways you can support the show that don't involve money. Telling a friend. Turning us on to a friend. Rating and reviewing the show following us on Facebook and Twitter and liking the tweets that will then um, this person like the tweet and force it into somebody else's feed. So there are ways to support the show. We, we appreciate all that, uh, all that you guys do. All right. Moving on. stalemocracy Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we talk a lot on the show. About it being okay to criticize Joe Biden, to criticize the party that you are, uh, of which you are a member. And uh, we want to talk about this next story because it really does demonstrate that criticizing and um, will force action, specifically related to releasing vaccine patents so that the rest of the world can enjoy an end to a seemingly endless pandemic.
1: Yeah, and there was a particular push for this to happen in the United States because of what was happening in India with COVID numbers just surging.
0: Still surging. Yeah,
1: and but I mean, when that initial jump happened, that's when a lot of the pressure and discussion started happening of where is the Biden administration on this? And I should say that the discussion about the vaccine patents was actually happening before that jump in India. It's just that the conversation wasn't as loud as it was until those numbers came out, and there was this sense that if we don't get this under control globally speaking then we're not going to be safe from whatever variants arise out of the inability to get it controlled everywhere so with that discussion there was a clip of joe biden making the rounds on twitter where he had agreed that without question he would be giving other countries access to the COVID vaccine patents.
0: Now, I'm going to play this clip. It's very brief, maybe 45 seconds or so, but it's, he's being, it's like a, a virtual town hall, and he's being asked a question by a gentleman who I believe has ALS, and so he has kind of a, the, the robot, the computer voice speaking for him because he can't speak, and he's, that's, the, that's the question you're hearing, and then you'll hear Joe Biden answer. If the U.S. discovers a vaccine first... Will you commit to sharing that technology with other countries? And will you ensure there are no patents to stand in the way of other countries and companies mass producing those life-saving vaccines?
6: Absolutely, positively. This is the only humane thing in the world to do.
0: Absolutely, positively. It's the only humane thing in the world to do. And then they didn't do it. And then they weren't, it appeared, going to do it. And then once, I mean, I don't know if this is the clip that did it, once it was outed that this was his take during the campaign, now things are changing.
1: Well, in that conversation, that was a healthcare activist who had asked Biden that question, and this was in July 2020. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a year ago.
0: During the campaign.
1: Where he made an agreement, he made a commitment to share the vaccine patents.
3: President Biden has given the initial go ahead for the U.S. to waive patent rights on COVID vaccines in an effort to boost production internationally for countries in need. But there are real questions over how effective these moves would be, what else is needed and when this would translate into more shots in arms. William Brangham focuses on that part of the story tonight.
7: Judy, the response by some European countries today on this patent question hinted at some of those very complications. The president of the European Commission, for example, would not commit a block of European countries to waiving these patent protections. But that is not the only concern here. Let's explore more of this with Rachel Silverman. She's a policy fellow at the Center for Global Development. Rachel Silverman, great to have you on the News Hour. What was your reaction when the Biden administration made this announcement yesterday?
8: Well, great to be here this evening. So my reaction is that I'm very encouraged that the Biden administration with this move is signaling its willingness and eagerness to take bold action, that it understands the scope of the challenge before us, that it is treating this as the number one global issue, diplomatic issue, security issue that needs to be solved and is signaling that it's willing to make moves that might upset the apple cart, that break out of old paradigms and that show real ambition. I do think this move itself is probably largely symbolic in this respect. It will be quite a long time before WTO members agree on a patent waiver, if they agree at all. I think probably the practical effects of that patent waiver will be fairly marginal, but I am optimistic that this signals a more proactive role for the Biden administration in uh, entering the fray and really solving this problem on behalf of the entire world.
7: So if waiving this intellectual property isn't the most effective route, what would you argue is the most urgent thing we ought to be doing?
8: So I think we need to be thinking much more ambitiously about the scale of resources we're willing to put in to scale up vaccines. I think we're still thinking very small. The U.S.'s contribution to COVAX is $4 billion. That is welcome, but it is not enough. COVAX to being
7: the global, the global yes. uh, vaccine supply.
8: Yes, exactly. Um, It's not enough to vaccinate the world. And, you know, the United States has produced these vaccines. We are very fortunate that most people in the United States now have the ability to access these vaccines. That's not true in most low and middle income countries. And what could help is a lot more money. There is not enough money in the system to purchase vaccines on behalf of everyone in the world, to provide the commercial certainty to industry that it should be continuing to scale up its production. There needs to be much more money in the system financing a much more ambitious version of what it will take to vaccinate the world in short order.
7: I mean, supporters of this move argue that there has already been a lot of money, including taxpayer money, put into the development of these vaccines and that we are in a crisis and these nations need to speed this process. And so that that this is the obligation of the companies that they need to give these up.
8: Well, I certainly agree that we are in a crisis and we need to speed this entire process up. There is no time to delay whatsoever. And that's exactly my concern, is that what's the most practical way forward? If we look at the TRIPS waiver, I think it will probably go ahead. It will be fine, but it will take quite a bit of time to negotiate. There are still complicated issues around technology transfer, giving com- companies in low and middle income countries uh, the recipes of proprietary knowledge, the cell lines needed to do this. That will not come automatically, even with a patent waiver. But we, what we can do in the short and immediate term is to put more money into the system to pull through more manufacturing capacity to create the incentives that say build it and we will pay for it and we will vaccinate the world
0: so i don't i don't understand what what, what reasoning would be behind not doing this first of all in it, from a from the perspective of like getting the vaccine and we we rail against Republicans for not getting the vaccine because it's not necessarily about you. You could catch it. You could be healthy and you could pass it on to someone else who would die. We should have that same approach on, from an international perspective that if this virus continues to go crazy in other countries, in, uh, invariably, it's going to make its way back to the United States. And that's going to be a problem for us. That's going to be a problem globally. We need to do the right thing even if it's not for some altruistic reason, because it's going to end up harming us in the long run, in the medium run.
1: Well, and Bill Gates was in the news this past week, not just for his (laughs) divorce, but also because he was against lifting the patents for the COVID-19 vaccines. And he actually met with a, a U.S. trade representative last week to make the case for protecting the patents. And luckily, Bill Gates didn't have enough weight on this issue and they decided to go ahead and move forward with uh with lifting the patent protections but as this clip illustrates there's more work to be done it isn't just lifting the patents and then good luck there's right. there's more and bill gates actually the foundation released a a statement and they have changed their mind quote no barriers should stand in the way of equitable access to vaccines including right. intellectual property which is why we are supportive of a narrow waiver during the pandemic
0: i wonder why that is that they cha- is it because they're losing their their sway and they don't want to be looked upon as weak or or not a player and so like oh yeah well we also changed our mind i mean what what's the because clearly they got some smart people there who thought through it and made the decision early that, no, we don't want the patents lifted. And now it's, well, yeah, well, actually, that's a real good idea.
1: Well, I think it goes back to what you said when you set up the initial clip with the healthcare activist who I think is named A.D. Barkham. I don't know how to pronounce it, A-D-Y. But um, it's it's the pressure that is put up. And when you have activists and activist communities raising their voices right. and putting pressure on people, Bill Gates is not going to have as much weight when he goes in that room and is meeting with a trade representative. It's going to be, uh, actually, the American public is pretty pissed off about this, yeah. and uh, we need to retain their support, so I feel like we actually need to do something that they want us to do.
0: Not just mad that he was uh, chumming and around with uh, Jeffrey Epstein, which actually pissed his wife off, even, we're learning now.
1: Yeah, I've seen some weird responses to that article where I think liberals are a little weirded out talking about it because of QAnon. Like they're worried that QAnon is going to flare up. <laughs>
0: There's nothing and, there's nothing you can or can't do that's going to affect what how QAnon responds.
1: Right. Well, and we can't we can't avoid talking about facts because yeah. QAnon might get upset. They don't care either way if it's factual or not. They already have the list with Chrissy Teigen on it. What are we supposed to do? You
0: know, the the adrenochrome, they're eating babies. Who is Oh, you know who's a a complete fucking insane nutter butter? Uh that Caviezel guy.
1: Oh, he's, James Caviezel. He's
0: Passion of the Christ guy, he's full on QAnon talking about adrenochrome. Yeah, you were playing a clip. Well, I'm not going to go into this, but you were playing a clip the other day, mm-hmm. and the guy was using the word adrenochrome, which because I, you know, did a video about it.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: QAnon people believe that Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin were murdering babies and eating their dead bodies to 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 get from it adrenochrome, which is some kind of like. Um, amphetamine or some kind like they're, they're absorbing their essence or some weird fucking thing so I knew what the word was and when I heard the guy say it on the clip I was like who's that over there on your computer and you said Henry Caviezel
1: James Caviezel James
0: Ca- is Henry another guy
1: Henry Cavill
0: Cavill oh yeah Do I'm mixing not get them all them up confused. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway hey, but
1: what is uh, QAnon's position on Josh Duggar is that
0: say the children Brittany Save the children. Okay. You know, they've, they've come out in full force against Matt Gates because he's, you know, raping kids. No. No, they haven't. Um, because they're not a movement that cares about saving the children. They're a political movement that exists to prop up Donald Trump as some kind of a god emperor.
1: Allegedly, clips we have them and could be something that you use. I, think. Uh,
0: I need to get those set up again. Allegedly, so, yeah. A- allegedly, All right. clearly everything I say is allegedly. <laughs> yeah. That's what the that's what the 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 intro of the show should be.
1: Please, for the love of God, I'm get change the, allegedly the name of the show back on the show.
0: Changing the name of the show to allegedly <laughs> with Jesse and Brittany. Okay. All right. Well, moving on and still talking about uh, the effects of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: uh, is everyone staying on unemployment because they're making too much money? That,
0: that's exactly And right. they're yes. having a great
1: time. They're yeah. living it up.
0: Well, you know, why? Why go back to work? Well, Bunch of there. well,
1: I wonder if people... Are people still watching the press briefings with Jen Psaki? Or do they no longer watch them because the clown show yeah. has ended? <laughs> well... If you do still care about it, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, made an appearance to discuss the jobs report, and she was actually asked specifically about this question, because there's a lot of talk of, we can't find workers because they're just staying on unemployment because they're making so much money, and she was right, directly- they're, they're all
0: millionaires now! Yeah,
1: she was directly <laughs> asked, is this true? Oh.
3: Uh, so, President Biden suggested that the increased unemployment benefits have not affected the jobs report, but the Chamber of Commerce and some business leaders are arguing that it's easier for people to stay home, they're receiving more money than they would for them to go back to work. Uh, so, what's your response? How do you explain the slowdown in hiring that we saw in this uh, jobs report? And is there talk about reducing that unemployment benefit in the future to get people back, in the, back to work? So, First of all, I'd note that the jobs report is a little bit stronger than the headline numbers might suggest on the hiring front. Um, the number of people working part-time um, for economic reasons, namely involuntary part-time work, that number declined by 600,000, and hours average hours of work ticked up by a tenth. So that means that an extra margin in, whi- in which employers are um, able to boost their uh, labor is by uh, ad- adding to hours of existing employees and that those employees want that extra work. They were involuntarily working part-time. You know, the labor market is volatile from month to month, and I think the best thing is to average through um, and say we've been creating over 500,000 jobs a month uh, on average over the last three months. Um, look, but, it, you know, it's clear that there are people who are not ready and able to go back into the labor force. Um, many children are back in school, school, but not on a regular schedule, Um, It's a challenge for parents to manage schedules where one child is in school a couple of days a week and another child is in in school some different days during the week. So caregiving responsibilities um, and absence of child care are still important reasons why people are unable to return to work, Um, you know concern about um, the pandemic and the health consequences, I think, remains a factor for many. Um, You know, I I don't think that the additional, uh, the addition to unemployment compensation is really the factor that's making a difference. There's no question that we're hearing from businesses that um, they are having difficulty hiring workers, although over 300,000 workers, I'd point out, were added this last month in leisure and hospitality, which is the most badly affected sector. But, you know, when we look across states or across sectors or across workers, and it, if it were really the extra benefits that were holding back hiring, you'd expect to see that in either in states or for workers or in sectors where the replacement rate due to UI is very high, you'd expect to see... Lower job finding rates. And in fact, what you see is the exact opposite. You know, we've had a very unusual hit to our economy. And the road back is going to be somewhat bumpy. We have to expect that there are a variety of bottlenecks that are also relevant. So um, we've seen uh, motor vehicle production shut down in some places because of a shortage of semiconductors. Uh, There was a loss of jobs there this month. There were setbacks in the lumber industry because of shortages there. So, you know, starting up an economy again, trying to get it back on track after a pandemic in which there are a lot of supply bottlenecks is going to be, I think, a bumpy progress process. But I I really don't think the major factor is the extra unemployment.
1: So and and she's pointing to their growth in the leisure and hospitality sector, right, where wages are typically low, and the financial benefit to staying on unemployment is high, but there's tremendous growth there. So that indicates (laughs) that people are going back to work. And not staying on unemployment because they're making money on unemployment, like you're hearing so many companies talk about. Now, she did acknowledge that they are hearing from companies that are saying that they're having a hard time hiring. And that's what we were referencing before the clip, which is this talking point now that you're hearing from conservatives and seeing businesses with with uh, printed Comic Sans notes on the front of their door about how they can't find anyone to hire
0: I saw one from like a Carl's Jr. or Hardee's, which same company. Mm-hmm. Um, we're closed. We can't find anybody. If you want to work, call this number on on the drive through. Right, and it's that's owned by the Posner's. The guy's name. He was going to be Donald Trump's labor secretary until the scandal struck. Mm-hmm. Who is a, a, a an the a, a absolute opponent to raising the minimum wage? Just a a, a villainous character.
1: And it depends on which. Which person you ask, because there's many companies that pay living wages right. that give good benefits that are having no problem hiring. Right. And then you have people that do not pay a living wage, do not pay benefits, who are saying, what? These people aren't coming back <laughs> yeah, 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 to make zero money and have a terrible time working here? Yeah, Why? Maybe have
0: a better company, a more appealing company that, w- that people aren't like, fuck that. I'm not going back to work.
1: Yeah, but there's also part of the conversation that's missing where I think people think that you're just getting like free money on unemployment and it's wheedly d. If if
0: Wheedly D you say. Yeah.
1: And if <laughs> right, we got to get, get back. We got to get back uh, on track. Sh- I should have said it in a more excitable way, but I wasn't excited, so I just said it normally.
0: <laughs> a uh, very matter-of-fact weedly d. Uh,
1: but if you are unemployment, if you're on unemployment, <laughs> if. If you're on unemployment and you um and your company offers you to your job comes back. <laughs> I'm having a hard time here. And they offer you your job back and you say no, you don't want your job back. You're going to lose your unemployment.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: So, I don't it's it's like you're hearing these talking points from people who have never been on unemployment, who have never Been on any kind of like public assistance. It's the same people who don't understand how food stamps work. Like, you've never been on food stamps. What's
0: the line, Brittany? You want to talk to the manager, doesn't know anything? (laughs) Haven't you ever worked anywhere before?
1: Exactly. (laughs) It's like that. And uh, so, anyway, good times.
0: So, so, so Wheatley D, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, this is also tangentially pandemic related, this next topic. And it is the fact that there is now a recall election that we're looking forward to here in California uh, (laughs) against Gavin Newsom. Well, I'm not a fan of. I think he's done a fucking terrible job of, of pandemic mess. Well, for one, he's just he's a he's a do as I say, not as I do guy. While he's locking down the state, which was justifiable, he's out at French Laundry having an unmasked dinner with a group of people. Why are you smiling?
1: Because <laughs> I would love to go to the French Laundry. I was just sitting here thinking about like what he probably ate and how amazing it was. The delicious
0: wine.
1: Yeah, but also it's hard to trust somebody who... Um... Mar- married
0: Kimberly Gelfort. Kilt Gilfoyle, no, and laid on like a fancy rug and like a weird Trump-esque picture.
1: Yeah, that definitely isn't great. But he, (laughs) but for both liberals and conservatives in the state, there are things that they don't like about Gavin Newsom. But now, what's happening? As true to California's nature, (laughs) all kinds of people are coming forward to run for governor who shouldn't be running for governor, and one of those people is Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner is going to be running for governor and she actually made an appearance with Sean Hannity on Fox News, which is so strange because is the audience that Sean Hannity has accepting of Caitlyn Jenner, you think?
0: Oh, no, I'm sure they think that she's an abomination who needs to be stoned at the gates of the city.
1: Yeah, it just, it's weird to go on Sean Hannity's It just
0: show. shows you they have no fucking principles whatsoever. It, it, as, long, it, as long as it owns the libs or hurts the left, they'll sell down the river any particular thing that they, they say they actually believe.
1: Yeah, well, one big takeaway for me was that Caitlyn Jenner is super relatable and really <laughs> understands what people are going through in it, the midst of the pandemic.
0: And unbelievably... Just a clownish caricature of what you think a rich conservative believes. Yeah, this first clip is her explaining how everybody's leaving the state of California, right? And really bringing it down to the people's level that her friend happened to pack up his uh his airplane hanger because he doesn't want to live around all these homeless people.
6: California, my friends are leaving California. Actually, worked my hanger. The guy across of he was packing up his hanger. I said, Where are you going? And he says, I'm moving to uh, Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it in anymore. I can't walk down the streets and see the homeless. I don't want to leave. Okay. Either I stay and fight or I get out of here.
1: So, aside, um, come on, man. Aside from the terrible. D- d- description there of I don't want to look at homeless people so that's why I'm moving <laughs> I know that I have a private plane and I'm packing up my hangar so I have a lot of like tremendous wealth that I could probably be using to help the situation but I just don't want to see them so I'm going to go to Arizona when
0: I picture that moment that she had with her hanger mate <laughs> uh, I expect that he's, un- he's packing up the hangar while wearing a top hat and monocle <laughs> You know what I mean? All these homeless people, ah, get out of my way. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Exactly
1: like that. (laughs) What's interesting is this whole conversation about who's leaving California keeps getting framed as this, as people who are angry about the politics of California are moving out of California, when actually it's middle and low income people who are moving out of California because they can't afford to live here. Right. Right. It's not because, because rich
0: people have driven driven up the prices of real estate and everything else.
1: It's not because people hate Gavin Newsom.
0: No, I don't know. Caitlyn Jenner just said that's what it is. Yeah. The other thing that was super relatable. I'm glad you brought that. That is the as the, the 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 trip that we're talking about here is um, railing against no pun intended railing against high speed rail in in the in the state, which is a. A perennial topic that, that comes up every election cycle is what monies we are going to divert from or that we're going to pour into some kind of a mass transit system in California. And here's Caitlyn Jenner, super policy wonk.
6: See how the vegetation is very, you know, it's not green. It's just because it just hasn't got much water. We are headed for a drought um, that has to be looked at in advance. Here's my crazy thinking, again, Sean, logical thinking. We are now spending billions of dollars on this high-speed rail, okay? They talk about it all the time, between L.A. and San Francisco. And um, I'm going, why are we doing that? Uh, I can get on a plane at LAX, and I'll be in San Francisco in 50 minutes, You know, why do we need high-speed rail? Why don't we do this? Why don't we invest that money in desalinization plants along the coast? Take that water, and any time it's a bad year, desalinate the water, have some pipes going over the mountains out to the San Joaquin Valley for all our farmers, have it down here. We're in the Camarillo area. You look right over here. I drive through the farmyards every year. Why don't we just start to look at it? Wait a second. Maybe water is a bigger issue than trying to move a few people Believe it or not, vast. 33 years ago when I started my radio career, that was a big... Yeah, no one cares, Sean. Shut the fuck up.
0: So, uh, so how great is that take? I mean, it's, it's, it's a la, it's one banana, Michael. How much could it cost? $10? Yeah, yeah. Why don't all the pores why don't all the pores? Hello, pores. Why don't you just fly to San Francisco from Los Angeles?
1: Yes, it takes 50 minutes, in fact.
0: Why do we need a a low-cost mass transit system? Just fly. Why don't you just fly like I do? I know there's there's an open space in the hangar next to me. My gentleman friend just moved out.
1: Uh, I also love... It was very Trumpian, this whole response, by
0: the
1: way. Where... She's saying this has to be looked at. Like, you can just become a politician now and talk about things and just sit during the interview and say, yeah, that's a really important thing that needs to be looked at. We should be looking into that. We should look at that. Just
0: run the pipes over the mountains. Just the pipes.
1: Water is a very important issue, and we should be looking into that.
0: Next question.
1: Great! We feel very solid about your
0: abilities. Perfect. Uh, Anyway, uh, she is terrible. (laughs) There's also a whole bunch of just transphobic hate talk about protecting girls' sports as though trans girls aren't girls. Uh, She's a nightmare. Caitlyn Jenner is a goddamn nightmare. It's actually kind of good that she's running because... It's just turning the whole thing into a uh, fucking circus. Yeah. So we'd love to know what you think. 657 464 7609. Of course, you can email voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dolomore.com. It's the asshole of today,
1: Tito Ortiz.
0: MMA fighter. Retired Tito Ortiz.
1: Yeah, well, he is a city council member with uh, Huntington Beach.
0: Right here, neighboring city.
1: And he's the mayor pro tem of Huntington Beach as well, which Which means he's like the stand-in. Yeah. If something happens to the current Huntington Beach mayor.
0: In Broadway terms, he's the understudy. Yes. You know all the knowledge I have about Broadway, Brittany Page.
1: Well, and before we get to that, because we're talking about some of his professional qualifications, he was a, a... MMA fighter, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: uh, UFC,
1: yes, and he is now on the city council, the mayor pro tem, a, a
0: total Trump dipshit.
1: Yes, very. He's a MAGA fan. And when all the Huntington Beach MAGA rallies happen, he's always out there. But let's read from his website. This is directly from his website.
0: Also an anti-masker and anti-vaccine guy.
1: Tito Ortiz runs his own hugely successful clothing line, Punishment Athletics Enterprises. This is his
0: own website, right? Yes. And
1: his athlete management company, Primetime 360 ESM. He raises money for children's charities and regularly travels abroad on USO missions to support the troops. He frequently appears on the cover of magazines and other media and has appeared in Films and TV shows. He authored a best-selling autobiography. This is gonna hurt, and became a crossover star on NBC's Celebrity Apprentice, where he made it through nine of the season's twelve episodes. Anyway, it goes on, and he also recently filed for unemployment.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I also want to get in there that if you search T. Dorsey's net worth, and those sites, you know, they're not like they don't have access to his accounts but they they all range between 15 and 20 million dollars. So even if they're off by a, by a factor of 20 and he's worth 1 million dollars, T Ortiz is a millionaire.
1: So he's filing for unemployment while being a member of the Huntington Beach City Council and while having all of these tremendous accolades and monies.
6: From MMA fighter to city council member and now unemployment recipient. Huntington Beach Mayor Pro Tem Tito Ortiz is under fire tonight after the city confirms that he filed a claim for benefits while still getting paid by the city. NBC4's Hetty Chang now with the latest on the investigation.
5: Huntington Beach Mayor Pro Tem Tito Ortiz is a former UFC champion. His city bio says he's also a successful businessman, entrepreneur, and movie and TV actor. But these documents provided by the city of Huntington Beach to NBC4 show Ortiz, who still serves on the city council, filed for unemployment benefits. Ortiz, whose legal name is Jacob C. Ortiz, stated his last day of work with the city was February 9th. The reason for separation, he states laid off or lack of work. So that's not true. Um, he's been receiving the same amount of wages and um, the hours are are they are what they are. Huntington Beach Mayor Kim Carr says city council members receive $1,500 a month, plus a stipend and expense allowance. On top of that, Carr says she's concerned Ortiz may have committed fraud. It's my understanding that city council members are not eligible for unemployment, um, particularly when they're receiving their full salary. How
3: long does the list of your colleagues' wrongdoing have to grow before you remove him as mayor pro tem.
5: No response from Ortiz in tonight's public comment on the issue. This just the latest in a string of incidents landing Ortiz in hot water. The city council considered stripping him of his mayor pro tem title after his refusal to wear a mask at city council meetings and at a local burger shack earlier this year. And no response from Ortiz tonight after our messages and emails asking for comment on this story. City leaders say they don't know if Ortiz's claim has been approved. They say they've been in touch with EDD and should have more answers by the end of the week. In Huntington Beach tonight, Hetty Chang, NBC4 News.
1: So there still is no answer on this. And this story has been in the news for several days now. And Tito Ortiz still has not responded to comments, which doesn't look great.
0: Yeah, well, it's classic. Um, the government, big government, people leeching off the system, um, the, whatever. Yeah. And here we are, Tito Ortiz, millionaire, filing for, even if he didn't receive benefits, he's trying, he's an attempt To get benefits while still being paid by the city, right? while being precluded from receiving benefits, because he's on the payroll from the city, and being a fucking millionaire.
1: Yes, and when they talked about the burger joint that they referenced, that was TK Burgers, which is a very popular institution here in Southern California. In
0: Orange County, specifically.
1: Yes, and... There there was an instance where he he got kicked out of the Huntington Beach TK Burgers for not wearing a mask. And tried
0: to, like, do some one-man boycott.
1: Yes. That shit
0: backfired. It
1: did not work, even, <laughs> even in this anti-mask...
0: Huntington Beach.
1: Yes. Utopia. <laughs> they were uh, like,
0: look, you can come for the masks. That's fine, right. bro. You're not coming for TK. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. We so. will
0: drown you in the fucking Pacific Ocean. <laughs> You're not coming for TK Burger. By the way... This episode sponsored by TK Burger. We wish. We love TK Burger.
1: We love TK Burgers. <laughs> we wish. If they want to sponsor us and give us free burgers whenever yeah, we want. Yeah, you don't want. have to pay us. Yeah, we'll just pay us in burgers and we'll Co- be good to coupons. go. Coupons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, asshole of today, asshole of, of tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see what
1: happens, though, because they are waiting from edd to inform them if he did receive payment so we're still waiting on that and also if he makes a statement <laughs> we're we're following the tito ortiz news guys don't worry we will keep you updated we, we, got, it covered. we got it covered
0: as britney would say weedly d <laughs> all right we, we're gonna leave it there we'd love to hear from you 657 464 of course you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone we love you guys we appreciate your your listenership your loyalty your 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 participation in this community. Uh, we'll see you next time, With Brittany Page. I'm Jesse Dallamore, and this has been I Doubt.
4: we <laughs>